0: Hey Boo fam! welcome to Peking. This is Jess, your host and hopefully one of your best friends at this point. We're in season two. I feel like I've earned it. I'm so happy you're back to see what we have in store for this season. It's going to get deeper. It's going to get weirder. You already know what it is though. It's it's Peking. It's about low moments in life that are opportunities to grow. We try to do a little bit of self-help, but a lot of laughing along the way. We don't take ourselves too seriously and we got more of that in store for you this season on Peaking. Hey Boo fam. I am coming to you from a snowy Chicago on Wednesday, February 2nd, which is the night before this episode comes out, queen of procrastination. I did record this episode earlier this week and I wasn't super satisfied with how it turned out. I just felt like I could do better for you and I could do better for myself. That being said, you know, this is a just Thoughts episode. It's kind of just your current status on how I'm doing, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. Uh, And, you know, there's a little bit less pressure on these. I actually feel more pressure on these episodes because it's just me. And I feel like it's harder to make them good because I don't have someone to bounce off of. And I don't have someone else to share their story. So it's really like counting on me to be able to articulate my own story in a way that can be relatable for you. I never want to just put out an episode and feel like I'm rambling and not adding value to your life. So that's where kind of the pressure comes from when I'm recording these. But at the same time, I try to remind myself that these should be low pressure, low stakes episodes because it's just me chatting with you. It's just a friend to a friend. And so I hope that you'll kind of like ride that energy with me a little bit and just see where i want to take it a few notes first of all the heat is on in my apartment usually i turn off heat i try to remember to not be running the dishwasher or not be running my laundry while i'm recording because those things get picked up really easily by my mic but it's freaking cold and snowy outside so i'm leaving the heat on if you hear anything in the background that's what it is but hopefully it's like a dull white noise type of thing that you won't really notice. Um, I'm also drinking wine because I want to. It just felt like that kind of night. I'm having a really lazy day and uh, like pensive evening in a good way. I'm I'm all good, but just kind of like, you know, setting the mood. Actually, I should be burning a spite candle while we're here, but I don't want to get up. You know what? I'm going to pause and get up and do that because I think it'll – Add to the motif, hold please. Those sounds, those were the sounds of, well, kind of my spite candle flickering, but more so my lighter stick being the worst thing ever. Why do those things make you feel like you're so incompetent? Anyway, um, all right, cool. We have the vibe set. Now to jump into the topic. I really wanted to talk today about anxiety, which is a huge topic. It's one that I've touched on quite a bit. It's one that remains relevant in my life and has been for as long as I can remember, but it's shown up in different ways over the years, and it's obviously ebbed and flowed, and there have been periods where I'm feeling it way less and periods where I'm feeling it way more. And for anyone who experiences any challenges with their mental health or honestly just lives a human life and experiences ups and downs and stress sometimes, which I think we all do, then you get what I'm talking about. But something that I've really honed in on over the last few weeks and kind of had a breakthrough around recently is the fact that I feel that my anxiety is patternistic. It's a pattern. It's a cycle. It's a habit. And I've done some reading and I've listened to some podcasts that I'll reference a bit later that has informed my thinking around this and informed this kind of concept that I'm deciding to adopt and this theory that I'm deciding to adopt um, in order to better understand my anxiety. And it's really helped me, so I thought I would share it with you. Before I go any further, I want to remind you I am not a psychologist, I'm not a clinician, I am not a doctor. I do not have formal training or education in these topics. I am just a person. Like I said earlier, this is a friend to a friend talking about things that I've been through and sharing my experiences and sharing my thinking and my feeling because I find that doing that helps me and helps others. So take it with a grain of salt. You know, don't, don't think, oh, Jess said this and so it's fact or it's exactly what's going on with me or I should do something differently because she did. Um, Take what resonates and leave what doesn't. And if you have questions about something, then ask your therapist, ask your doctor, do your own research and your own thinking and soul searching. And of course, feel free to reach out to me as a friend. But just remember that this whole podcast is a friend talking to you about their experience. And I don't want you to kind of take it as anything more than that, because, you know, these are serious topics we're talking about. This is mental health. It's not something that I'm authorized to kind of treat you on or direct you about. Okay, that's my little spiel. So all that being said, anxiety as a pattern. I think the best example of this that will help it really become crystallized for you and helped it for me as well is understanding seasonal affective disorder, which is depression and anxiety and other mental health related issues as they relate to the season. So oftentimes, especially in the winter, folks feel a heightened sense of their anxiety or depression or like really down compared with other times in the year due to darker days longer days colder weather less socialization especially during the pandemic that's i think elevated and escalated the situation it's interesting because i know that seasonal affective disorder can exist though in the summer too or in any season for that matter um We tend to think of it as such a winter thing because I think that's when it's most common. But there are people who experience seasonal affective disorder in warmer months. And that only kind of backs up the point that I want to make around anxiety being a habit. I think that once we've experienced a number of seasons in a row, let's run with the seasonal affective disorder example, Once we've experienced a number of seasons in a row that have been low for us, for whatever reason, we start to get in the habit of expecting them to be low for us. And I don't even mean mentally expecting them to be that way, I mean like our bodies expect that and something deep down without us really having conscious control of it expects that. So for me, I definitely experienced seasonal affective disorder in the winter. In particular, January has been my lowest month for the past four years. And January through March in general are a tougher time to get through. But really, it's January. And if you think about it, it's like, why is that? Like, the season of winter in Chicago lasts for like nine months. So, why is it only that in that one month I'm particularly down? So I started to reflect on this and I realized that my first winter in Chicago, I was going through a major breakup and had moved to a new city and was dealing with the cold here for the first time. And so all of those compounding factors, I was in a new job, so that added stress. All of those compounding factors made it a really low time for me, really difficult to navigate, really difficult to get through. I was highly anxious and... I don't know if I was clinically depressed, but I was definitely experiencing depressive symptoms more so than I ever have before. I wasn't eating. I wasn't really socializing. I was crying a lot. I was keeping to myself a lot. I was kind of a shell of myself at that time. And it's interesting. This is a bit of a tangent, but I think it's relevant and I want to share it. I'm not sure if I've shared it before. It's interesting because the relationship that was ending actually hadn't even ended yet Uh, that breakup didn't happen until early February of that year 2019 but in January in those weeks leading up to the breakup I actually was in a much darker place than I was once it happened that's like a whole different topic that I think is interesting to kind of reflect on for yourselves and explore but For me, I found that once the breakup happened, while I was, of course, still very upset, heartbroken, it took me quite some time to process and heal and move on, I finally could start to do it once the breakup happened. But before that, while it was like impending but hadn't quite occurred yet, that's when I was really feeling so down and so anxious because it felt inevitable it felt like it was coming I felt this person pulling away and our relationship shifting and I was desperately trying to hang on to it and make it work and it felt like all of the weight of that was on me and plus I was like I said before in a new place you know trying to figure out a new life a new chapter of my life and all of that at once felt so heavy. That's a high-level summary of January 2019 for me. That's actually one of the biggest examples in my life that I have of peaking and I've talked to you all about that before of like once I once that breakup happened and I was able to accept this is real and this relationship has ended and I need to move forward from this, I really unlocked parts of myself that had always been there but were maybe dormant or maybe weren't as strong and really kind of like found new life within myself. And I know that, you know, that's been a theme that we've talked about a lot is peaking post-breakup. So that's just, you know, to wrap up that little bit of the story for those of you that don't really know or might be new to the podcast, um, that's really one of those big peaking moments in my life was leaving that relationship and coming out of that January-February time period in 2019 and rebuilding and growing. Fast forward to 2020, winter of 2020. January actually wasn't that bad of a month. I think I was a bit melancholy because it had been a year since my breakup. But I was also feeling pride in the fact that it had been a year and I kind of made it that far and was doing so well in this new place that I lived. I stupidly decided to do dry January that year, uh, which if I had known that bars were gonna close kind of indefinitely a few months later, maybe I wouldn't have chosen to do that. Not even a few months later, a few weeks later. Anyway, the main thing that was actually going on in January 2020 making me anxious was work. I was really, really stressed at work at that time period. I, And I was very focused on work at that time period too. like. I had just stepped into a new role. I had just gotten promoted and I was on a project that was really challenging me. And I was staying at the office late into the night. And because I was doing dry January, I couldn't escape into like going home and having a beer or a glass of wine afterwards or going and meeting up with a friend and getting a drink afterwards. So I was experiencing anxiety at that time, but it wasn't relationship related, which is new for me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) no, it is interesting in general, and this is something I think about a lot, and I don't know if it's worth a whole episode or not, but I do find that my anxiety is way more relationship-based, romantic relationships in specific, than it is about anything else in my life. Like, work stresses me out, but anxiety from work is rare. That being said, this time period, January 2020, February 2020, I was actually feeling anxiety from work. And I, it was affecting my sleep. It was affecting my, um, again, eating. Like that's a big trend that I've noticed is that my appetite lessens around this time of year because I'm usually dealing with something hard, but we'll get to that later. Um, so, yeah, no relationship drama but work stress. That was the summary of that January. Then COVID hit. Not till March, but in Chicago, it's still winter. And everywhere we were locked down and put back in our homes. And it kind of returned me to that place of isolation and loneliness and anxiety and sadness that I hadn't been in in quite a while, in over a year really. Okay, fast forward again. We're now in January 2021. This is just before I conceptualized peaking. Actually, I conceptualized peaking at the end of January 2021 and started to really put legs on it and make it happen in the months that followed. But early in January 2021, I was dating someone who I've talked to you guys about before a little bit. We don't want to give him too much credit and keep covering him on the podcast. Um, (laughs) I hope he's not listening. But I did find out that he has listened and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to make him feel that special that I've referenced him so much. But whatever, it's my life and it's my life story. And there are people that come in and out that shape things. And at that time, he was someone who was shaping my experience in dating and relationships. So in 2021, I'm dating this person. I really liked him. I thought I saw it going somewhere. Although I really felt a lot of inconsistency from him. And I really couldn't read how he saw it going. I tried to talk to him about it and he was open to those conversations. But then would kind of like say one thing and do another. Or would say that he would improve on his communication style or on how he made plans or whatever it might be. But then he came back a few days later and said, hey, I thought more about that conversation. And I'm not going to be able to give you what you need. And we ended up ending that relationship. Totally fine. It's fair game for somebody to say... I'm not able to give you what you're asking for. And of course, like everybody can set their own boundaries and make their own decisions in terms of wanting to stay with someone or not. But it did feel like another example of the rug getting pulled out from under me. And another example of being in January in the coldness of Chicago and having to deal with a partner giving me inconsistent communication, pulling away feeling distant, and me feeling isolated. It was really triggering of what happened with my ex because when our breakup was impending and we were in those weeks before finally calling it what it was in January of 2019, um... He was pulling away. He was giving me inconsistent communication. And I was like hanging on by a thread for anything that I could get from him, any reassurance that we were still okay and that this relationship was still on track. And that's what I found myself doing with this next guy a couple years later in that exact same month until he decided to end it. And that is where the pattern started to take shape, where all of a sudden now I'm in my third winter in Chicago and I'm feeling sad I'm feeling anxious I'm feeling this mixture of emotions I'm having a lot of trouble in my dating and romantic life and I feel like that locked in a pattern that kind of my anxiety decided after that to to out of self-protection have a response to that season And that time of year, that would be an anxious and depressed response simply because of these couple examples that happen to align at the same time year after year of of feeling that way. So now we're in 2022. Just wrapped up January. January will always be my least favorite month. Even if I've recently had this breakthrough about January and my seasonal anxiety and the fact that it's a pattern and that I'm going to break the habit, it will always be my least favorite month I will always be a summer person that's just me but I'm about to lay some truths on you that I think are going to help you see why this January started off a bit rough for me and I was able to kind of turn it around and I'm hoping that one I can help you maybe do the same for yourself if if what I've been talking about resonates with you and two I'm hoping that like I can carry this into next year and you know have this renewed mindset around breaking this cycle of the seasonal anxiety and depression that comes with this time of year. So where do I begin? I guess the, the gist of it is that in my dating life currently, I've found myself projecting past experiences onto new potential partners, assuming that they are gonna disappoint me in the same way that I've been disappointed in the past Assuming that the rug is going to get pulled out from under me and that somebody's telling me one thing but means another or is going to change their mind. And of course, that can always happen. There's always room for that in life. But to assume it is not setting yourself up for success. It's not setting yourself up for like a healthy dynamic. And I used to just excuse myself in doing that and excuse this behavior by saying, Well, it's because of these things I've been through. And that's fair. You know, we all come with our own baggage and we're all informed by our past experiences. And that's a self-protection mechanism as humans. We take data from what we've experienced in the past, what we've seen in the past, what we've learned, and we apply it to the future because we want to be smarter and stronger and improve ourselves and protect ourselves if it seems like this could happen again. But I think that that's okay to an extent. And when it becomes something that you are actually participating in because it's habitual and not because it's founded in truth, that's when you need to kind of look at yourself and say, am I actually damaging this situation? I know that this is really vague and it's because I don't want to share details about this kind of like current situation right now, but I've just been realizing that I'm leaning on the ability to say, I feel anxious around this time of year and I feel anxious in relationships when XYZ things happen. I've been leaning on that as a scapegoat is that the can I use scapegoat here? Yeah, sure, why not. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> um I think I've been leaning on that as an excuse for my anxiety instead of just addressing my anxiety. And don't get me wrong, I do address my anxiety in the sense that I'm in therapy. I do a lot of self-reflection and self-care and spend time with my thoughts and when I'm having an anxious episode, I know ways to to cope. But one of the ways that I do cope that I want to work on is I cope by digging myself deeper into the hole sometimes because we often want to answer the question, why? Like, I'm feeling anxious right now, why? And in this situation, just to keep going on like the dating example, it might be this person is taking a while to text me back and i'm anxious why does that make me anxious well it makes me anxious because i've been in relationships in the past where that's an indicator that they're distancing and the relationship is going to end soon and that makes sense and that's fair game and we all are informed by things like that and our our minds and bodies store that information for us to use again later so i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that thought process it's an anxious thought process perhaps, but it's also not. It's it's rational in a weird way too. But knowing that that's why I'm feeling anxious doesn't make me feel better. It actually like affirms my anxiety in a weird way because I'm like, yeah, exactly. This has happened before. And so I'm right to be anxious and then I like dig myself deeper into the anxiety hole instead of hitting pause and not asking why but just thinking to myself okay I'm feeling anxious right now not why am I feeling anxious but how can I reduce this feeling of anxiety and just go straight at it from like a bodily standpoint of like, let me drink tea, let me take a bath, let me read a book. Not that I read books, please, but I do read picture books, such as Body Talk by Katie Storino, which is a picture book, but also an informational book and also a workbook. And it's amazing. It's all about self-acceptance and self-image and body image and body positivity. We're doing a book club around it Um Early March, if you're interested and you haven't already reached out to me about it, please do. You can DM at peakingpodcast on Instagram. That's probably the fastest way to get to me. Okay, anyway, thank you so much for allowing this promo moment about our book club. Back to the topic at hand. I'm learning that instead of asking myself why when I'm anxious, I should just address the what. And the what is I know I'm anxious right now. How can I feel better? This is something that really crystallized when I was listening to a podcast recently called 10% Happier, which is a podcast that I really recommend if you're into my podcast. It's a little more serious, but it's also led by professionals or you know, the host interviews professionals. So you're gonna get a little more of that science and psychology behind this, this type of thinking. It's also a platform that promotes meditation and teaches people about meditation so they're coming from that kind of mindfulness angle as well there are great episodes of this podcast on all sorts of topics within like the mental health and mindfulness and wellness space i don't listen to every single episode but sometimes the title really stands out to me and i jump in and this title stood out to me the other day and it's kind of the premise and the thesis and the basis for this episode of peaking So it's called How to Break Your Anxiety Habit and it really shed a light on this exact notion for me that while I am valid in feeling anxious because that's how I feel and I don't need to take that away from myself, I don't need to make myself feel bad about that and it's fine to understand why it's happening too because learning about yourself and learning about your patterns is important. At a certain point, you know yourself and you know these patterns. I I could have told you a year ago or t- even two years ago about this pattern where I have these certain triggers in relationships and they are based on past relationships and they make me anxious. Like That's something I've known for a while. I've talked to my friends about it constantly as I date people and figure out does this work for me or does this not work for me. And it's a fair data point to have in mind. Like, I don't want to enter relationships that trigger my anxiety. But I also have to be kind of accountable to what part of that is my own creation and what part of that is me repeating patterns and me being in a habit of it's January and a guy that I like is taking too long to text me back. (laughs) There's something about the combination of the seasonality which is naturally a pattern and the actual you know, subject matter and what's happening that makes it feel very cyclical and very habitual. And I've leaned into this and I'm trying now to lean away from it. And they've talked in this episode on 10% Happier about what I just talked through where instead of asking why, in response to your anxiety, a more productive response is to ask what and simply address what's going on rather than going down the rabbit hole in your mind of why it's happening and all the things in the past that have gone wrong to lead you to this point and all the things in the future that could go wrong too. Based on all of this reflection and based on that information from the psychologist interviewed in that podcast episode, I'm feeling like I'm turning over a new leaf Obviously, it's going to be a process and a journey, and I'm not saying that I'm never going to be anxious again. Of course I am. I'm a person that struggles with anxiety. That's okay. It's something I know about myself, something I accept about myself, and something that I seek to understand about myself. And this is just a moment in time when I'm understanding a new aspect of that anxiety that really hasn't been this clear to me before as it is now and because I feel so clear on it I feel able to tackle it in a new way and see if that helps and so far it has so in the second half of January since I've kind of had these realizations I've felt so much less anxious I've felt so much better about things that would have maybe shaken me before because I'm reminding myself this is a habit and we're trying to break the habit. The only way to really like end a habit is to replace it with a new one in a weird way. So instead of when I'm anxious going down that rabbit hole, maybe calling a friend and talking to them about this rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, this is what's going on and this is why I feel this way and remember when my ex did this to me and that's why it's bringing up these emotions and just really digging into that. Instead, if I decide to call a friend, then the goal is to talk about something else or just don't call a friend. For me, sometimes calling a friend like really, you know, doubles down on this habit. So I'm actually trying to just do things that are kind of self-coping instead. And it's really making a big difference. I wonder if any of this resonated with you guys. It's really been helpful for me over the last few weeks. It's really improved how I'm approaching relationships, how I'm approaching other stressors in life and my anxiety overall. I'm still testing it. This is a theory. It's in progress. It's in motion. And I have no expectation that it's going to end my anxiety, like I said, but it is Helping me get to a new playing field or a new kind of new level. Like I've unlocked a new level of the video game with it a little, where I'm like, haha, I've figured out why I keep returning to this pattern. And so now that I've kind of seen that and observed it and acknowledged it, I can tackle it. And I just feel really empowered by that. So I hope that this maybe helped you too in a similar way. I hope it was coherent. I think that this was a better recording than the first time I talked through this. I think that I got my points across in a more concrete way, but I know that these are all very abstract thoughts as well, and I didn't share way too much about personal anecdotes either, but, you know, that's how I decided to do it. This is Jess Thoughts. At the end of the day, you're in my inner monologue when you are listening to a Jess Thoughts episode, and that's what's been my inner monologue lately. So please let me know what you thought, what you felt, If it resonated with you, if I miss something or mess something up or if you have questions about my experience, again, don't ask me questions about psychology and, you know, anything like that, I'm not going to be able to answer you appropriately. But if you want to just talk about this friend to friend, I'm here. And, you know, cheers to it not being January anymore, but also cheers to January 2023 when I think I'm going to have a way better go at things than I have up until now. All right, off to finish my glass of wine. Like I said, somewhere in my blabbering, we have a really exciting book club around the book Body Talk coming up. So if you haven't filled out the doodle poll for that and indicated which dates work for you, please go to your email and do that. That is if you are somebody who has expressed interest already. If you have not yet expressed interest, but you'd like to participate, DM me at peakingpodcast on Instagram or email me peakingpodcast at gmail.com. We'll get you in there. Or if you're someone who has my number, like just text me about it. Okay. Bye. Thanks again for joining for this episode of Peeking. If you want more Peeking, make sure to follow on Instagram at Peking Podcast. You can also follow me, your host, Jess DeBakey, at jzdebakey on Instagram. I have a website. I don't keep it up to date as much as I should, but it's peekingpodcast.com. And if you want to send me, you know, the story of your life, something a little bit longer form than we can handle in the DMs, peakingpodcasts at gmail.com is the place to go all right i will see you in a couple weeks talk to you soon boo fam it's fitting that this is an episode about winter sadness the winter blues bluesies blues clues what's what am i doing with my life